This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hi, Jim. Hi, Brian. Good to see you again. You too. So we're going to jump right into topic, but I just want to remind everybody that uh, practicalshepherding.com is available for each of you. Uh, everything on the website is free, articles, pod, other podcast episodes, and there is a place for you to contact us. Reach out to us if you have a question or a way we can help you or serve you in your church, your church situation. We would be glad to see if we can help you in in some way. And we also take uh, questions for the podcast that we would actually tackle on here. So feel free to go to the contact page and reach out to us in whatever way would be helpful to you. We we're grateful for those who write reviews on iTunes and other things for us for the podcast. You can do that if you haven't done that before. Uh, it's always helpful to get feedback uh, from from the listeners. Jim, we're, the topic we're going to talk about today uh, I think is really relevant in light of us about, uh, I'm going to give a time period, though we typically try not to do that, but about a year into this pandemic. Uh, and one of the things we are finding in ministry is that pastors have had a hard time taking time off, taking time for themselves. And one of the reasons is not necessarily because the church revoked their vacation time during the pandemic, but actually pastors feel guilty to take the time off uh, because of what's going on. And though the pandemic has created some interesting situations for pastors to try to take time off, we want to recognize that that's, that's obvious. It's actually a problem that's existed long before pandemic hit, that right. pastors don't take all their vacation time. I, I'm exhibit A. For years, I didn't take all my vacation time at the church. Now, part of that for me was because every time I went on vacation, someone tried to fire me. It made it really hard to go on vacation. <laughs> but that eventually stopped, right? And I still didn't take all the vacation time I, mm-hmm. I was given. And I know there's been times where you've had a hard time taking time off and, and things through the years uh, that... A lot of pastors struggle with this. In fact, I'd say most do. Uh, the most err on the side of not taking all their vacation time versus taking it all and then demanding for more after that. Mm. And one of the things we want to talk about is not just that issue, but a guilt that seems to just sit and fester with pastors around taking that time off. And we want to talk about that specifically. We want to dig a little deeper than just the service of the discipline of taking all your vacation time and what maybe is motivating pastors to not take the time that they're given. That's what we want to talk about today. Will you kind of set it up, though, biblically and how we think about it from that framework first? Brian, there's a lot to discuss about that. I mean, one of the things, of course, even the whole topic of guilt, uh, what is guilt and what is actual guilt versus felt guilt, and I think what we're dealing with here is a sense of, of a false sense of guilt, which right. can be. Right. So guilt is, there is a standard, you have violated that standard so that you are guilty. And so whether it's there was a stop sign, you were obligated to stop at that stop sign, you went right through it, you're guilty. You were obligated to pay your taxes and you withheld information because you didn't want to pay it. And you get found out, you're you're guilty, you're guilty. you know, whatever yeah. else it is. Right. You you lie to your wife about something, and she catches you, and and you're and you're guilty. But sometimes we have a weight and a responsibility we place upon ourselves uh, as pastors because there is such a high standard in God's word. I think that's the first thing that you look at. The second thing is we have filled our minds with the biographies of great men in the past uh, who are our heroes. We may even have their a picture of them in our office. I have, I have a painting 
and a bobblehead of Spurgeon. Indeed. Um, so I have both of those, uh, and and you and you read about their lives. You read about their incredible zeal. You read about them burning themselves out, and, and these are the reasons why these men were great. And then you hear certain sermons uh, by uh, certain preachers who. Uh, talk about, you know, warn you about any idle moment, taking any time off, uh, you know, that, that it's, it's busy, 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 zeal, zeal, zeal. And you feel all that in your mind. And, and so if you think, I, I just need a few minutes to, you know, play a mindless game on my phone or watch a silly video or, or, or watch something at night with my wife on time. So these are just those little times that, that I am, if I'm not praying, if I'm not witnessing, if I'm not thinking about heavenly things, if I'm constantly, and, and so you ask yourself, is that, is that a Bible standard or is that a self-imposed standard? Mm-hmm. And I think we need to remember, I think one of the most important texts for a pastor to remember is Psalm 103 that he is mindful of our frame. He knows that we are but dust. And the corollary to that in that text is that as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities us. Mm-hmm. And that word pity doesn't just doesn't mean that God feels sorry for us. It's actually right. a word of, of strong affection, <laughs> that the Lord has strong affection for us. He knows, he knows who and what we are. He knows the responsibility and weight that's been laid upon us as pastors. And then, Brian, just one more thing about this. I think that there is a high standard. There's obviously a very high standard in God's Word. You can't escape that. You, you, I, and so I don't want anything I say today or anything that we say today to, to take away from that, because that's just exegetically there. There is a high standard, and there is a high responsibility. But I think there's a difference, Brian, between a high responsibility and ultimate responsibility. Mm. The ultimate responsibility belongs to the Lord himself, and that's 1 Peter chapter 5. We are under shepherds is a term that that, uh, is used in the scriptures. He is the chief shepherd. He is the arche-shepherd. He is the great shepherd. He is the chief shepherd. And we are watching his, his sheep for him. And ultimately, they are his responsibility. He's the one who never slumbers. He's the one who never sleeps. He's the one who is perfect. And and when we take what is ultimately his responsibility and try to put it on the shoulders of mere mortals, Psalm 103, uh, uh, dust, then then I think we're going to be in for trouble. And and so it can be the guilt can come, and this is really what part of what we're getting at is that it's it's from a misinformed conscience. Yeah, yeah. It's you said a lot of great helpful things there, and I think that um, you hit on something too that that really strikes a chord. I think with American pastors in particular, and that's this kind of infatuation with with being so busy all the time mm-hmm. that that means we're, we work hard. Right. And what we're talking about, a lot of times this, what I find in pastors who battle this guilt constantly, and when I battled this guilt constantly, was if you're not doing something that's spiritual or ministry-minded, you're being lazy. Mm-hmm. Like that expectation, wherever that expectation comes from, it doesn't come from the Bible, but it comes from a really powerful place that we find in most pastors' lives, whether it 
it was part of an upbringing, whether it was part of an expectation that was put on them in their training mm-hmm. for ministry, or whether it was even the church, what the church demands of them that they serve. But it is a, it's clearly a self-imposed um, standard that's put on them, and and in their pastors are ate up with it. And there's just a either a constant guilt or a, a, this kind of teetering guilt that's always there if they ever are tempted to to do something to rest and to care for themselves. So uh, there's there's tons of reasons we could let's first talk about kind of where this guilt we've touched on a little bit, but maybe where this guilt comes from in different places. And let's talk about how to how does a pastor deal with it. So th- there may be a pastor listening who recognizes I, yeah, I, I I feel this guilt. I haven't been on vacation in in two years. You know, whatever because, it is because I feel guilty, not because I'm really am so busy, not because I can't take the time off. It's it's because. I won't take the time off because I feel guilty. That's really what we're dealing with here. It's, yeah. a, it's a particular kind of. That's right, but you're getting you're but you're getting down to what we want to talk about next. And yeah. That's like where where does the guilt come from? Yeah. Um. Let I think let's just throw a few things. I mean, what's one thing you would say that you find in yourself and in pastors? What's one thing that that really commonly causes this guilt universally? Okay. Well, one of them can be the expectations of your congregation. Right. Okay. And there are those who uh, there are those who think that pastors really don't do much, or they don't value. We're going to talk about this, I think, in another podcast, where they don't value what what we do. They don't have a high premium on what we do, and they think that you're able to uh, that a, a pastor is somebody with the gift of gab who loves Jesus. And, and has a general love for people, and that's that's how you're in the ministry, and that's so you're just an affable guy who pats people on the back and who works one and, day a week, and who works one day a week, right. yeah. know, so that and so people may say to you something like, "Well, why are you going?" However they phrase it, but eventually it's at least heard by. Why are you going on vacation? You know, I under I understand why the guy who's a bricklayer, ditch digger or the high-end CEO needs to get away. I don't understand why you feel the need to get away. Or, or they think, well, don't you love us? I thought you loved what you do. Why would mm-hmm. you want to get away from it? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one source, Brian, is is the whether it is a real or perceived guilt. You know, So maybe your wife says after uh, your dinner and you've reached for a second piece of pie or something like that, and she's like, Oh, a second piece of pie, and maybe she's not really saying like, "I really think you're fat." She might, but that's how you hear it. Oh, this is really... hypo- this is hypothetical for you, right? <laughs> yes, it's it's hypothetical. Yes, yes. okay. We're just generally associated with a kick on the shin too. So, um, I know that's a uh, my my wife is wonderful, so she, and particularly since she started listening to some of these now, so <laughs> you're gonna be nicer uh, now. I have to make sure. <laughs> no, she really is great. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, but that's the way it can feel, whether yeah, it is, it's at least heard yeah. in, in that way. I would add to that. It's good. I would add to, I think it's still driven by guilt, but pa- pastors, again, when we, we look at texts, we see in the New Testament for pastors to watch yourself and the flock you have watched your life and your doctrine. Like there's, there is this call of self, you know, reflection. There's this call of self-awareness. And so. Pastors a lot of times don't know they're functioning out of that guilt. They feel the guilt, mm-hmm. but they don't want to go there on maybe why it's there. So they don't they don't acknowledge it. So they make decisions out of that guilt, even though they don't realize it. And one of those I think is pastors not seeing themselves as expendable. 
Like they they think exactly. they have to be there every right. Sunday, and whether it's pressure from others or whatever it might be, I actually find that. Uh, and a pat does a pastor too have too high a view of himself? I, and that's possible with this, but I actually find it's this kind of thing is is driven by guilt. It's it's I I can't be gone, um, and therefore I conclude that I'm just so important, and that's why I can't be gone. It's a it's a more positive way to look at why I can't take any time off. It's because they need me here, and and I especially with somebody who does works with a lot of older churches, church revitalization work. It's amazing the amount of pastors, you know, who've like pastored 12 or 18 months in a church that's existed for like 130 years. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the church is going to disintegrate if they take two weeks of vacation off. And somehow it's been able to survive for 130 yeah. years. So, And it might. I, you know, I, I guess <laughs> so. so. That's a problem. Typically not. The, no, the, no, but no. The, generally but, right. But it, the point is that guilt a lot of times I think drives decisions that don't look like it's about guilt. And so I want to I want to highlight that's one I think is actually driven by guilt oftentimes. And so it leads pastors to put a positive, even valuable spin on why I can't take time off when it's really driven by a, a guilt that's deep within. Uh, and I think uh, the, what comes to my mind, Brian, as you say that is is a is a busy mom. Let's say a mom of like, so both of us are married to women or moms of four kids. So, uh, and it's, uh, uh, can a mother ever take time off? Does a mother ever get any, you know, I know we can make too much of this and it sounds very modern, you know, be me time or, you know, whatever the case might be. Mm. But, you know, a mom doesn't get to take a vacation away from her kids. She doesn't get a, And so we feel the same weight of responsibility, almost this parental responsibility. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. O- over our flocks. And uh, I could open up a whole can of worms there and trying to think through that whole issue of parentally or, or does a... Does a mom ever get a night off? Does a mom ever get a day off? You know, to be able to, she should just by the have way. just. Yeah, I think if if yeah. it can happen, it, it's a good thing. And and of course, knowing that while she's away, she's going to be thinking constantly about the kids. And this is a whole other thing: is that very often on a vacation, a pastor it takes him a long time to be able to turn off his his pastor brain if he's able to do that, and then if he has. Uh, any kind of social media available to him, or if he has his phone, or if he has email, people can still, he's still available, yeah. and, and he's still pastoring. And, and sometimes he does that, sometimes he does that again to allay this sense of guilt. Mm. So he lets people know, yeah, I'm going to be away, I'm going to be, and, and you don't even maybe want to say where you're going, and you're like, mm. uh, I'm going to go away and uh, uh, to a... Uh, you know, someplace uh, to Beirut, you know, rather than I'm going to the mm. the beach or something like that. What, the beach? Why are you at the beach? Yeah. You don't deserve to go to the beach. So you don't deserve it. I mean, that's mm. the whole thing. Is that, And this may be part of this an American mentality. You get time off because you deserve it. And you might think you don't deserve it. You haven't earned it enough. And then so that while I'm away, I want people to know I'm still working. I was working on a sermon I want to let you know, yes, I, I, I took a week off, but I worked on a book, or I worked on an article, or I took phone calls, or I, I answered emails. Rather, again, I think sometimes there's crippling guilt that comes upon us that is wrong for us. We cannot disengage. And so I think, Brian, part of what we're going to get at, this is a misinformed conscience. So what's, mm-hmm. what's behind it? It is a misinformed conscience that means that we are required to get back to this we are required to do essentially what the chief shepherd does right that's good and you hit on something that's important and that's because we've talked a lot about 
the guilt keeps pastors from resting and taking time off. But to what the point you just made, that guilt, if you take vacation time, that guilt makes you not rest when you're on vacation. So, or like you said, you're trying to justify, justify. what you're doing on vacation. Uh, and that's that's guilt driven. And and a lot of times, again, this is where it goes back to how maybe a congregation is is putting is is causing the conscience to be misinformed. Right. Whether about. whether they mean to or not. Whether they mean yeah, to or not. It's right. at least interpreted. It's possible somebody a congregation really is doing that. It's also possible that he's misinterpreting what they're saying and struggling with that sense of guilt. So let's shift to. Uh, so how do, how does a pastor deal with this now? I mean, I, I think we've hit on several points that a lot of guys will be able to relate to. And the question is, though, that we may be able to recognize this. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I do. I'm able to tell you right away. I, I feel guilty to go on vacation. I feel guilty to take a day off with my family or whatever it might be. What are the things that pastors need to think about and how to how to face this, how to deal with this? How do we inform the conscience if it is misinformed? Uh, so I'm, I'm going to give one. Uh, I'll, I'll just do one now because I'm going to. So I'm going to give one more that's more on the uh, mental side, and then one more on the practical okay, side. Okay, good. I yep. think to help. So, so I think I think on the mental side uh, that our thinking. I think I think we need to. And we have to fight pride in this, but I think we need to place a high premium on what we do and recognize the draining weight of what we do. And, and so we watch over souls as those that will give an account. Uh, we are told in 1 Thessalonians 5, this is, and all of us are told, not just pastors are told, but, but the congregation is told there to esteem pastors highly in love for their work's sake. And what is our work? Our work is to traffic in the Word of God for the people of God. It is, it is to pursue souls. It is to produce a healthy, thriving environment for, for, so that they're safe and well taken care of and well loved and, and all of that. And to recognize that that weight and responsibility is put upon a man. So whatever else we are, we're just men. And we're so that means we have a limited capacity of knowledge. We have a limited endurance. That means we need sleep. We need the intake of food. We means we need, and part of what we need in our humanity is rest. And and we don't work like most of the men in our church work. Most of the men in our church work five days a week. <clears throat> they get two days off. Two days off. Yep. And two n- days off, nine to five on a typical day. And often day nine to five, mm-hmm. and very often they're able to leave that work behind. Yeah, that's right. And we don't. We we almost never shut off. Mm-hmm. And so there is a very real sense in which my pastoral labors and responsibility. You know, I've done better on this. So I've been at this thirty-one years, and I can't remember when I I, I kind of was helped in this in my own thinking. But part of this is going to get back to the practical. Mm which I'll mention in a moment, but mentally knowing and recognizing that I needed to cast this burden on the Lord and that they're ultimately his. I mean, that's, that's, but, but I was getting crushed beneath this, but I had to recognize that great responsibility coupled with frail humanity, Mm -hmm. which is what we deal with. So there really is a great responsibility, but again, not ultimate responsibility, but that is given to just to just guys, and yeah. we're not supermen. Yep. 
and and what and so what we need we really do need and so at least one day a week you need a you need a day off so if you do that you get 52 days off every year that's almost two months Hmm. by just doing your one day which is uh, you know which i think is honoring that every week and honoring that every week uh so sundays is our busiest day for most guys it's you know that's that's a day to that's really it can be their day of rest it's not our day of rest Mm -hmm. it's it is and isn't yeah and and so i think we need to we need to inform our own conscience with the with the recognition of Yes, we have this great responsibility, not ultimate responsibility. We also have to recognize that we have been working, most of us work six days a week, yeah, and sometimes seven days a week, at least some of it, seven days a week. It's hard for us to get like a really a full day off. Yep. And I do make myself, and I have made myself available for years. Monday's usually my day off, but if somebody call, hey, I need you to get... I'll go. If somebody's in the hospital on a Monday, I'll go. Mm. There's an emergency counseling. I don't say I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll say, yeah, okay, I can I can make some time for you. Now, I'll try to balance that off later on. You know, perhaps, okay, well, then Tuesday I'll go in late or I'll come home yeah, early right. or, you know, whatever else. We're able to do that in a way. But, again, we don't get what other guys get. We're yeah. not getting the, the same rest that other men get. And so we, we need to recognize that we are on all the time. And, and if we highly esteem that, if we highly esteem what we do, if what we do really is that important, then we can say to ourselves in a, in a, in a right sense, I want to be careful how I say this, but we do deserve, we not only need, but we deserve some of this time off yep. uh, away from that responsibility. It's good. I, I'm going to say something that, uh, that I think is, is a really key, is a, big key in overcoming this guilt, this misinformed conscience. You cannot care what people think in this moment. When it comes down to taking care of yourself, to your point, they don't know what a pastor goes through. And there comes a time where, uh, especially if the misinformed conscience is coming out of fear of man and what people think, there is a level where to be freed from the guilt and the misinformed conscience, you have to resolve it's okay if people don't agree with you or people don't understand why you need what you need. And you still just take what you need. I I found that that actually became the most freeing piece for me that informed my conscience, when, obviously acknowledging my humanity, my need for rest, my I mean, all that, that plays into it that you talked about. But I'm telling you, fear of man is what eats up so many pastors and creates this guilt. It, and so I, I would push back on one of the ways to solve uh, the misinformed conscience, the misplaced guilt, is that you, you have to, uh, you, can't, you can't care ultimately what everybody thinks about your vacation time. You just can't. And I, I find that a lot of times when you dig into it, and I talk to pastors about this, they're, they're afraid of what people think about their vacation time or their time off, or how they're spending it. And so that's what makes us scramble then. That's what creates the guild and makes us scramble about, oh, well, this is what I did, or this is how I spent my time. And uh, Fear of man drives us in so many ways we are not aware of. And so I, I would just put that out there. I think that is a significant piece to this guilt. It's almost always tied to this misinformed guilt that surrounds a pastor's true need to be able to, uh, to rest. 
Right. And then, Brian, I'm going to add to that again. I think sometimes other pastors or other ministries put this guilt and burden on us. You, you know, you go to a, a conference and you hear this, you know, one of these esteemed men telling you, you know, how basically almost how horrible it is to rest and how to take time off. And, and uh, if you really were caught up with God's glory and, and, and you know, then you, you, you wouldn't feel the need for doing that would in itself be so refreshing. And I think we need to recognize that humanity. So Brian, I mentioned something practical and, and this is uh, a little bit harder perhaps to try to do, but it's trying to put <clears throat> uh, certain things in place for your congregation so that when you're away, you know they're being well taken care of. And so that so two things I think are really important for that. So one of them is getting laboring toward a plurality of elders yep. so that it, so that those other elders are able to care for the flock while you're gone. Right. And so they're able to say, hey, listen, you go. And I, and I am telling everybody, you know, don't send them an email. Don't text them you know, don't die this week, you know, don't, don't have a divorce this week, you know, don't get a cancer <laughs> diagnosis, you know, whatever it is yeah. so that he can rest, so he can take some time off. So I think striving to gain a plurality of elders. The other thing is, is the possibility of trying to <clears throat> introduce your, your congregation to good ministries in the area, good pastor, well-trusted pastors, developing friendships with pastors, the kinds of men who, if you don't have a plurality of elders, but the kind of men who can come in and preach for you while you're gone, uh, you know, so that uh, perhaps your pastor friend down the, down, the, down the street can come in and fill in in the morning or fill in in the evening or however it is so that you know they're going to get good food, they're going to be well taken care of, people you trust are going to come in and love on your people while you're gone. So I think that's a way to help a practical step to help allay uh, this sense of, of grinding responsibility, crushing guilt ridden responsibility that would keep you from even a day off, let alone a week or two weeks off. That's good. And kind of as a final word, it's probably a good time, Jim, to mention that I, we get asked a lot about sabbaticals. That's a part of this. So we're talking about even taking time off. So to present the idea to a church or a pastor to entertain the idea, even talk about what not not I'm barely trying to take my two weeks of vacation. You're talking about taking a one month sabbatical or two month sabbatical. Uh, we in in the back of the pastor's soul, the pen, the appendices there. We've specifically written out some things about sabbaticals. We get asked a lot about that. That there's and there's articles online as well about uh, sabbaticals. And you so I would encourage you to look into some of those things. If you haven't, and one of the things we talk about is how does a pastor advocate for a sabbatical when he can't advocate for it? Like somebody else has to do that. <laughs> and, and, and it should be said that of the two men who helped write that book, one is an, a, an absolute hypocrite when it comes to I that. will totally own. I wrote, to that I wrote the appendices part since Jim can't. So, 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 <laughs> I could not write you, that appendix. Now, for the record, you had a, self in, you had a God-imposed sabbatical, though. For about two months there, didn't you? So were you? I didn't you, preach, but I pastored. <laughs> okay, no, I'm just trying to help. I'm just I trying, know, to, trying I know. to pull it, whatever I can. But it, it ruined that whole in, in my own mind. That <laughs> even though I say that, and Brian's talking about my Bell's palsy, which I still have, by the way. Um, but but, you're, but, but you're I've been able to. So. I've been able to preach and do yeah. everything. But uh, but again, it gets back to some of this, brother. I've stri- I've struggled with this, and I've yeah. And I've had to wonder. I mean, some of this is my own, I think, almost self-imposed guilt 
and that uh, that whole sense of either I don't need it. I think you know, you do need to work through that. Men are put together differently. I don't need it, or I don't deserve it, or I haven't earned it. Um, so that uh, if if when I took two months off from preaching, there had been a discussion in the eldership of giving me a sabbatical, and then it's like, well, that's gone. And then, well, maybe twenty twenty. Well, twenty twenty is pandemic. Well, I'm not gonna. That that's gone. Uh, and so. Hmm. Maybe like twenty twenty, you know. So, so what I think we should do is I'll pray for all the pastors listening to this that they'll figure out how to face that guilt and take the time off. And I should pray for you, I guess, in the in the process <laughs> of that that we figure out okay. a, sabbat- a, re- a true sabbatical for you, Jim. Yeah, uh, well, th- thirty one years it's later, not a, just in- it, it's but a, a sabbatical <laughs> is not a thus saith the Lord. If it were, I would do it. That's but, true. Uh, all right, so I'm going to pray for for everyone in that way. Let's pray. All right, <clears throat> Lord, thanks for. Um, reminding us today that we're we're human beings we're frail and and weak and broken and sinners and we not only need jesus uh, but we need to also rest and embrace our limitations so i pray lord for every pastor listening to this who has a hard time embracing that humanity Hmm. Um, lord remind us that we're created in your image and it's a beautiful thing but uh, we're uh, we're also in a broken corrupt world and we're affected by sin and uh, we we need to be able to to rest as human beings. And we pray, Lord, you just help us to do that guilt-free, that you would help us to take the time off we need so that we will be filled up to give all and serve you in the way you've called us to. Uh, we pray, Lord, for that all the different circumstances of, of those who are listening, that you would speak directly into them through this conversation and give them wisdom and discernment to know how to rest, and to be fully filled up to be able to do what you call us to. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.